Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Superhero Finder podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and I'm scouring the cosmos, looking through all the universes for beautiful people, special stories, inspiring stuff that maybe you can take away from today, learning something new for yourself, or maybe you're going to take something that you can use to help somebody else's day get a bit brighter as well. Whatever you're here for, thank you for being here and welcome to the Superhero Finder. Today I'm with Sophie Milan. How are you, Sophie? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Well, it's a funny. Well, I was going to say it's a funny story. I'll put my teeth back in um, because I first saw you many, many moons ago dancing on TV. That's right, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, too- yeah, yeah. Back in. 2008, I was on Britain's Got Talent belly dancing. Was it that long ago? That's yeah, the- yeah, I was 19 and I'm 34 now. Wowzers. <laughs> and, then, and then as I kind of as I kind of got to know a little bit more towards and I moved down towards Wakefield and then all of a sudden you keep popping up and I saw you on TikTok and stuff like that. And all of a sudden the world gets very small, doesn't it? We have quite a close connected network now. So I just wonder for anyone that doesn't recognize you from that i thought i'd you know i thought i'd put that in because people will be thinking oh my god where where do i recognize it from tell us a little bit more about yourself for any listeners that aren't aware um and a little bit of what you're up to at the minute yeah so obviously as you say i started out as a belly dancer when i was 14 years old i got hooked into it after bullied like being bullied as a child um about the way i looked being fat being mixed race and all those things um, but I found belly dancing was my escape. Um, but I always aspired to be an actress or presenter or work in the media. Um, and I just did belly dance as a, kind of my professional hobby. And before my media career took off and all the drama I was doing and whatnot, um, it was actually the belly dancing. I'd got laughed out of all the auditions and then my hardest audition live on TV. One, I did a series on BBC and then a series the ITV um, Britain's Got Talent and they were the ones that I sailed through um, so I couldn't make it on like little tiny local auditions but then <laughs> or the big one I could so it just shows you that it's right place right time and it's sometimes good to be different so you stand out from the crowd um, and then that got me back into doing all my journalism so I started blogging and doing YouTube but mainly blogging online about other people's stories and my magazine I made um, on human rights issues went viral because I did some kind of exclusive investigations. Um, so I got my first commission at Channel 4 News and ITV News making documentaries and reporting for them. Um, and then I got pregnant by accident. And then so I decided that I couldn't move down to London. So I stayed up north, which I'm very glad I did stay up north. Um, and... I decided to start doing YouTube as well as working for documentaries from home. Um, and then it was my YouTube that took off more than the documentary making. So whilst I love making documentaries on other people's stories, it's also been nice to be able to just vlog about everything from, I did a lot on mental health, attachment parenting, and just all sorts of issues that a lot of people I didn't find were talking about or they were talking about it such as eating disorders, but they weren't giving like the gross inside. And I was like, my mission is to share not just the glossy bits, but the gross bits of 
addiction and eating disorders. So I started doing that and ended up writing a book. And now I work full time as a journalist and YouTuber. And then I still belly dance and teach on the side as well and work as a personal trainer on the side. Wow. Absolute whirlwind. <laughs> and I yeah. thought I did a lot. As you can tell I'm ADHD, so I'm always constantly doing stuff. Always doing stuff. I mean, yeah, definitely. You've got you definitely got a, a social media presence, whether it's on uh, on TikTok or I think it's probably Instagram as well. That I see quite a lot of your stuff on. Um, so wow, that's so you've always had your kind of footing and an interest in telling stories, then, and that yeah, kind of creating that that picture and, and creating it and, and actually getting to the the truths and the gritty stuff as well yeah I always just believe that everyone's got a story to tell and I don't hate on anyone to even when people are nasty to me I try and understand what their story is and why they are like they are and um, but then I also believe in the power of rewriting your own story so rather than being stuck in this one mindset I do think we've all got the power with the right support to then go, right, that was my past, like I did in my book. It was often about my past, but now it's in the book, that book's closed and it's a whole new chapter. I'd say a new book, to be honest, because I don't even believe that I've got, got kind of issues from my past. I just believe that it's a new start and I've just learned lessons and got stronger from it. So I always believe that everyone can rewrite their own story, but I like sharing their story where they're at, but also giving them the hope that they can change the future. Mm, I love that. I love that. I, I often talk or find myself talking in conversations about this idea that we create our own story and the things we believe about ourselves, then we create that as, as it actually happening. So for example, you know, if you, if you think and you act in a in a poor way, for example, financially, or that you've got nothing, or you feel like you're lacking something, then what that does is that means that you then make decisions based on that belief, which then creates that reality anyway. It keeps you in that state of mind, doesn't it? So I love the idea of kind of a new chapter, or whether it's closing that book. Um, that's cool. And to actually have that in physical form as well as a book, I think it's even cooler. Yeah, I think that's what's really nice is that whether you get it published and you're lucky like I was to get it published or whether you're just writing it for your own personal use or for your friends, just to kind of say, okay, that's my last story, but I'm going to rewrite my new one. Um, I just always think that that's the best way to do. And one of my other hats is I run a social enterprise, Sparkle, um, which is actually Community Media CIC. And we teach people blogging, vlogging, YouTube, but a lot of it as well is that whilst we can share our stories and why we got to where we're going, it's also that we've got the power to then create content that shows us where we're going to, not just, oh, this was my past, because as we all know, if we've ever been in the media, you quickly get labelled, I'm the mental health campaigner, the eat disorder survivor, the abuse survivor, there's all sorts of labels, but it's important that you see yourself beyond a label, because people will just try and pigeonhole you. That's so important. Yeah, that the idea of the idea of pigeonholing. I mean, I might be going crazy, right? And 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 hopefully you'll agree that I'm not going crazy, but I might be. We spent so long trying not to pigeonhole, try to get out of pigeonholes and try to accept people for who they were. So then now it feels like we're in a society where we're trying to pigeonhole ourselves. Yeah. By creating these identities. So actually by looking forward 
in an identity that we haven't created because the identity is only true in the minute, isn't it? It's only true in the moment. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. It's that whole thing, like, I love your name, uh, the Kanye Strongman, because I love, I do love branding and I love names and for visuals and to think, mm. but it's almost turning it on its head what people would think a strongman is. So I used to call myself a smiley journalist because everyone got this bad impression that journalists um, are like, you know, those really kind of crook people who are going to just try and steal stories. And yeah, there are some, and I've had it done to me plenty of times where journalists have reported on my stories and not fairly. But I was always the smiley one because I was always like the whole reason to get into journalism, most of us do it to share stories and to make a difference in the world and to hold those in power to account. And you only need to look recently at the whole Gary Lineker debacle. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I don't think he is a trained journalist, so to speak. At the same time, it is about holding people in power to account um, and, yeah, giving other people's points of view. But at the same time, you're there to kind of speak for the public um, and to yeah. question people in power. It, it's so important, isn't it? Because of the rise of the, I suppose, the career of the influencer, which encompasses things like you do, things like the YouTube and the vlogging and things. You become a person of influence, don't you? And that's no longer limited to prime ministers or, you know, celebrities even. It can even go below that almost level of celeb of, of traditional celebrity, I suppose, into with the algorithms of social media now it's if somebody sees 10 videos of yours and then think something that you talk about you're the only person they know talks about it you become their influencer you become their voice of authority don't you and i think that's for someone it's for everyone to remember is that everyone is of influence to someone whether it be to a child to um your family or no matter how big or small we all can influence the way people see things in the world so like that's why I often call like influencers even I call them that so people understand content creators so it's just slightly different they're creating content to make an influence and um, but I do always think if we're accountable to our actions knowing that we're always influencing someone hey up I don't want to take too much of your time off this amazing conversation just a little quick break to tell you a little bit about patreon www.patreon.com slash the kindest strongman will allow you to help support and grow this podcast. I want to do loads more with it and I'm excited to say that members of my Patreon will be able to see loads of it before it even happens. That's amazing. Second thing, be strong, be kind. My merch is now live. So I will drop the link in the description, but it's also if you can go to bsbk.tmill.com you can find it all yourself. You can grab yourself a hoodie, grab yourself a t-shirt. And if there's something that you can't see or a colour that you can't see, just let me know. Right, back to the fun. Oh, that's another really interesting point, isn't it? Because you are, you're right. It, you're always, someone's always looking up to or being influenced by your what you're saying and doing. Yeah. And even just a small thing, do you know, if you're not following the crowd or... You're calling yourself the kind of strong man. You're turning it on the head of what other people might think. Well, I'm too nice to be a strong man and to mm -hmm. lift heavy weights. And I'm too this and too that. It takes away all that. And it goes, oh, actually, any stereotype, we can all change and, and be different. So like with the belly dancing, I struggled for years because 
people always saw it first as like sexualized and really sexy and and it wasn't that it's about women empowering one another and feeling sensual and confidence which as a result might have been sexy to someone but it wasn't yes. about it I always made sure I smiled um I almost tried too hard to go against that grain because I was so fed up being pigeonholed and um, but it is it's just turning things on its head and showing things aren't just as see uh, as what they seem at face value yeah I wonder if I'm okay to ask after that experience you can ask me anything by the way I'm really open <laughs> perfect <laughs> lovely <laughs> so after that experience on the, the live auditions then and obviously that went out on tv and there will be some coverage and and people would have maybe started to recognize you did how was that kind of transition into kind of what you then did next did that help kind of catapult you in your kind of journalism or did that create some challenges as well um good question I think it did a mixture so I I used the experience to so when people were interviewing me after it I said oh can I do work experience here so I still grafted yeah but I used those contacts in that way but then I have found and even up until today um that it's also tarred me with a certain brush um of being reality tv star or z list or whatever um but my argument always with reality tv is that it's all well and good people looking down on it and just wanting high cultural programs but at the end of the day most people love it to some extent and it gives hope to those working class people those people like i was with no contacts in the media i grafted hard i've danced every night of the week i've paid any money I could to get the bus or walk to different dance classes and without that and that platform it wouldn't have taken my dance anywhere I would have just kind of continued on this rat race whereas I tend to find that people who really are against it are the ones who've already had the opportunities or they've got the money to be able to travel and put themselves in these auditions and so I, I really am kind of in favour of reality TV, especially when it comes to talent shows, um, because it's not as easy as people think. But you do then get such a stigma even now because it's like, oh, she can't be taken seriously, even though right. I've been journalism for a lot longer than belly dancing. Oh, well, she's just a belly dancer or she's just this. But I've just learned to use that to my advantage now because I think, well, yeah, underestimate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I can do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you sat as the underdog in some respects, then, aren't you? If people are creating this this expectation, then you are ready to overpower that. You're ready to to really show and to sparkle, maybe. Well, that's yeah. That's my whole. I always say I'm the sparkle coach because that's what I call in personal training and even our social enterprise. Because yeah. I always say life is like a sparkle, full of light and shade, and that's how we sparkle and. Like, I think that's what I love about reality TV is often it's helped people who have been through bad times mm -hmm. to suddenly get a limelight and to do something with that. It's not all positive, I know that, but I think we spend too much time focusing on all the negatives of things rather than looking at how this has changed someone's life um, and what they would have done if they hadn't have had that. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And and actually, I'll be I'll be quite honest. You know, when I... You know, before I knew much more about what you did and when I saw you pop up on my feed and stuff, I, I my only recollection of you was from that show all them years ago. So with limited knowledge and limited information on someone, it's too easy to create this picture that isn't actually the whole picture when 
actually we don't need to create a picture it's about actually have a conversation and what does that create yeah and I think we all do it even more online because now back then social media was nowhere near as big as it was so I didn't grow any of my following from back then because I didn't think I even had Instagram and I think I just started Facebook and all that it wasn't big then and but nowadays we're all doing that to one another but I'm just surprised at how many people actively do that all the time and and they'll just assume things of people but I just think honestly people focus on their own positive gain like the world would be such such a better place rather than I just don't even have a time to formulate a particular opinion on people I'm just kind of I'm almost flattered when I get trolls which are like three paragraph Mm. long comments because I'm thinking, wow, I, I need to write some really important paragraphs today for work. And I'm struggling to find time to do that for my paid work, let alone just have a viewpoint on someone's life. It's, yeah, again, it's it's that point of impact, isn't it? If somebody's spending that amount of time and energy to write something, then, you know, that's, it's a great, it's a great way to look at it. And we know with social media anyway, any comments only help your post get out there anyway. So that's yeah. what it's looking for, isn't it? It's looking for controversy. It's looking for... And it's and it's great. I mean, when I started posting things about when I started working with Blossom and I'm, you know, I'm doing things on Male Ally and we're looking at abuse and we're looking at the safety of women and girls. As soon as I started doing that, that's been so difficult for me to receive because I'm the kind of guy that wears my heart on my sleeve. Because all of a sudden you start getting the people that, no, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And, and starting to call you things and virtue signal and all this, all these things that then hit you and you go, I never wanted any of this. But then you realise that, to do something meaningful, usually there are other people that despise that as well. Because yeah, it's, it's an and I'd love to interview about you about that because I just think anyone who sticks their head above the parapet for a good cause, we can't beat them down because when you do that, people who do beat you down, it's more just out of their own jealousy that they haven't got the guts to do it. Um, and they, and they don't understand. That's the other thing. They're not prepared to even try and understand. So it's like, no, you, you've got to keep it down like us all. Keep trundling on, being bitter about life um, and judging everyone else. But I just think, no, life's too short. And like both um, my fiancé and I are on social media. And yeah, it does get you sometimes because you're just like, oh, God, so just leave me alone. Um, but at the same time, you just think, well, do you know what? I feel sorry for those people who've got the time to spout negativity. Um, and it, But then at the same time, you get way more positivity and you've got to be really grateful of all that time people spend to write positive things. So it's always trying to focus on those positive ones, even if we have negative bias in his heads anyway. Yeah. No, you're right. There's, there's even stuff I'm going to take away from today, just speaking to you, I think. Um, I wanted to just go back to when you said about this kind of this idea of creating a new chapter. Um, so you've kind of gone through a bit about some of the things you do and, and some of the things you've seen. What does the kind of what's the new story you're writing? What's that going to start? Um, well, for me, it's back to basics. It's very much growing a big family, a settled home life, which I've never had um, in the house. But then also not being afraid um online and in the media to do what I want to do and to fulfill my dreams. So I love sharing other people's stories and making TV documentaries again um, and also changing people's views. And I just love, like, it's amazing to have met someone like in my partner who also loves YouTube and stuff yeah. because 
for me, media is always a bit like the dancing. It's always been my vehicle to share what needs to change in the world or my vehicle to show that to other people who don't fit the norm, that they're not alone. So I just want to grow all that, but most of all, just create a very happy, stable family life. I always say perfectly imperfect because there's no such <laughs> like shiny, happy family photo. Um, but the more that we can do that and have like, I, I, I'm like you, I love training. I love my fitness. Without it, people go, but where does the belly dance and fitness fit in? I'm like, belly dance and fitness for me to stay well, it's in every single day, every morning. Um, I'm not worth living with if I haven't done my training. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so for me, it's just to have that health and happiness. And to me, the riches in life are is happiness and the people you surround yourself with. Um, and, you know, I always say looks like monetary riches and fame um, is just for rent. Whereas actually what's really important is just having that, those quality family times, those people around you. I, and my family, it's not just biological I talk about my family as my friends from church my people I work with there's lots of people in my circle mm. that I see as family that's so, cool as well that's cool but, that I like that addition as well of having you know that circle being your family but actually including people that are outside your biological family because I think what's become really really clear especially over the last couple of years, especially in, in part of what, what I've seen is that everyone's got their place. Everyone that's in your circle has their place and everyone has a certain skill set. And actually, there was a view that I felt when I was growing up that the important stuff, you needed to lean on your family. So your, your brothers, sisters, mum, dad, whatever. But actually, some of those people can't help you in all situations. Some of those people aren't meant to be able to help you in all situations. You know, there could be some friends, and I found solace. I found help in people that I barely know, but are really good listeners, or they're they're slightly outside the circle in terms of they're outside the home, so can be a little bit more objective. Yeah. What would you like your future story to be? Oh, turn tables on me. I like this. So. It's really interesting because I'm going through a I'm going through pretty big, almost like a transformational stage. Things you know, things are up and down at the moment and stuff. And and I think now is the time for me to find my voice. And that sounds so cheesy and cliche, but I've always sat on the fence. I've always been the guy who is friends with everyone, who avoids upsetting someone, who avoids having an opinion so strong because I'd rather just fit in and that's been the easiest place to be. So that's why, especially coming into, you know, looking at, at, at women's safety as a guy and kind of having those conversations with people, you know, we've got conversations coming up with some of the um, super league rugby clubs, you know, we're really having some big high level conversations because those are the, the ones that are going to have the biggest impact. So really for me, from my kind of previous relationships and I got divorced earlier this year and there's kind of big changes for me going on. It's now finding my voice, finding who I actually am so that I can enjoy everything and, you know, create a, a great home for my girlfriend and I, and, you know, and really just shine again. I mean, I'm going to go back to sparkle because I feel like 
anyone listening to this, listen to me, is going to be like, Matt, what are you on about? But it's it's all good because I'm just talking from from what feels. But it, it just feels like I'm I've been dulled down over the years. I've kind of I've kind of built this this happy exterior where I can motivate other people, and then when I'm on my own, I'm very much I'm like flickering. I'm like I'm. Yeah. And I, I just, and I, I just want to be able to wake up and just bounce out of bed again. And that whole quote, like, "Don't let anyone dull your sparkle," um, is kind of true. But then, when you're like this and you avoid conflict, and you, if you're like me, I, I always used to be really modest about what I did because I didn't want to ever intimidate anyone. So I'd be like, "Oh, I just do that." Especially when it came to like dating and stuff, I'd used to just be like, "Oh yeah, I just do bits of that or bits of that." I wouldn't ever tell. Because I was always told to like, like dim it down, and so I did the opposite of filters on dating. I was like, oh yeah, same on other fake photos, or like put ugly photos of me, so I'm a nice surprise rather than a letdown. <laughs> and, and but but then you do that for so long that you're always dulling yourself, and you're not bigging yourself up. And I think as well when people can see that you do have a sparkle, and you do like you're a very good interviewer you've got this going and you've got other things going Thanks. they want to dull it down because it doesn't match what they need to kind of feel like so that they don't feel intimidated and then you end up just falling into that and you always need now to just be I always say surround yourself with your cheerleaders mm. that's something I'm doing because I'm so empathetic is just trying to reduce time with any negative people because I do I take it on and then I'm like oh I'll just lower down what I'm doing um, and no, life's too short. You've got to go and sparkle. It really is. It really is. And um, you know, and we look and we go, right? Where do I want to be in five years? You know, back at school when they ask you, where do you want to be in this and where do you want to be in that? And then you realise as an adult that five years will go nowhere. So if you want something in five years, start working for it now because all of a sudden you'll be there because all these other things will come in the way. Um, and honestly, like, I'll always happily support what you do. I love people who stand out from the crowd and do different things um, because I've always been like that and I haven't always had the confidence, but I just always go, feel the fear, just do it safely and then run away from it <laughs> and don't look at what you've just done and run away. Um, but then, like, now with having a happy relationship, which I've never had in my life, mm-hmm. being in a really happy place, um, that really helps me to have the confidence to like go back online to do my thing and for someone there in the background whether it be a friend or a partner who will elevate you and they want you to do better that just really really helps when you're having those low moments because anyone who sticks his head above parapet will get those low moments because people are always the first to try and batter you straight back down but not to go on my high horse but if you do know when people are going through crap, especially those, you know, whether they be in the media or online and mm. lots of hate, weirdly, that's normally when I contact my friends because I've got a lot of friends who are content creators or well-known in the public eye, but I normally content, contact them when the crap hits the fan, mm-hmm. not when they're at their highest and things are going well. I'll still go, oh, well done, smashing it, Lars, and yeah. all that. But as soon as, I always think, as soon as something hits the fan, that's when I'm the one in touch because I'm that person who'll be there for you when it goes down, not just on the gloss. You've got to be there for the grit of people as well. And if people aren't there for your grit, they're not worth it for the gloss. If you had a mic, you, you'd have just dropped it. 
It's just yeah. <laughs> proper rock star moment. That that was great. Chappy what rock star coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, oh man, you're so right. It's you can really see who's really there for you and i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make a distinction there here as well so the people that are there for you at the low points super valuable the yeah. people that aren't present in the low points it doesn't i'm gonna say it doesn't necessarily indicate that they're not there for you yeah it always yeah. you can always tell you can always tell because there'll be people that'll be interested especially if you are opening up you know into um in terms of what you're doing or how you're feeling um, Sorry, I'm just thinking my Max was going to power out. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> That's Sorry, technology. Carry on. technology. Yeah, so it's always a really good indicator, isn't it? There's the people that are there for you when you're struggling and people, you know, I had a call from, uh, I had a, call from a friend this morning who was just checking in because I put something on, on, on social media yesterday, which was very reflective. And, you know, that's a really, really good, a really, really valuable thing to have. Um, and I think it just, it really highlights understand who is around you and understand what they bring and yeah. it's difficult to look in terms of your friendship what does that bring to you as a person what does that bring because that feels selfish thinking about that but actually what do you need from them and does it come easily from them and then surround yourself with enough people that can give you everything because you'll give back anyway and as I think it was Brené Brown says like if those people who are criticizing you are not there fighting or on the stage with you putting their heads above the parapet then they're not worth listening to and um, so unless you've got those people around yeah you're close people that's different but those people around you unless they're not standing on stage and putting themselves out there well then they're not worth listening to if they're just trying to drag you down yeah so and i think it's brilliant the way that you're doing it. it's so important and we need more people like you to use platforms and our positions because we're we're all of influence to actually like positively change things for people yeah no you're right and it's it sometimes feels as a, as a content creator or as a small content creator whatever that kind of label is that i'll give myself on a daily basis it feels like you're tiny even though the impact is huge it can be huge per person because of the nature of what we're doing when all of a sudden you see somebody resharing a video that's been reshared seven times and all, all, all of a sudden that gets a million views. Yeah. And you're sat making, you know, you're sat making genuine content and, you know, you might get a thousand views. And it's, yeah. This yeah. is the thing. It's not, it's about the impact, like you say, not just the views. Yeah. Yeah. It's the impact of, of what it's having and it's, you know, for me, a little thing on the podcast, it's looking at my stats and looking and going, oh, I've had two new followers on Spotify today. Yeah. Because you know that that has made an impact, otherwise somebody wouldn't choose to press follow. Yeah, exactly. And it it's all these little things and just think, seeing everyone as humans rather than just kind of numbers. Yeah. But, yeah. And I do apologise. You're struggling, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gone off again, good old technology. See, I'm a digital journalist and content creator but I still can't work out simple things sometimes well, well, technically <laughs> the technology is your Achilles heel right I just wonder yeah. um if there was something a, a kind of you've said loads of amazing things if there was something 
or a kind of a main message you would give somebody that maybe feels that they're identified by their own past and maybe feels that they've created a bit of a story for themselves? Is there anything yeah. you tell them to kind of move forward from that? Um, I'd say once we've put our story out there and we've done what we feel like we need to do with our story, then it's up, it's fine for you not to want to keep going on about the story. Um, like I change now if I'm talking to a journalist as someone being interviewed. Yeah. There's certain things that I won't mention anymore because I'm kind of like, to be honest, I get a bit bored of it because I'm like, oh, this is just my life. I know my life. Um, I'm more interested in other people's lives. Um, but whilst it's in, interesting for people to know a bit of your backstory, you don't need to go into absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, and you can just rewrite and create your own story. Um, and you just have to show people that it doesn't define you. And I'm a big believer I will never be a victim of my past. Yes. Um, that is my past has helped me get to where I've gone so I can't hate it but at the same time I'm not going to be a victim of it I don't even like the word survivor myself because it just makes me feel like I've struggled and actually now it's just about the future yeah yeah I love that thank you for that oh wow I know I'm definitely going to take stuff away you're not able to get that camera back on are you no, oh, this Mac is not liking me today. <laughs> it's not a great I've written that many stories and done so many videos because I also work at Yorkshire Post in the day. So I'm always making videos and I can't work my own. <laughs> <laughs> do, do as I do, not what I say. <laughs> exactly. That's the badger. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone wants to follow you, just to, to round up, Sophie, if anyone wants to follow you on social media or your escapades, now is the time that you could tell us your TikTok handles, whatever. Yeah, so I'm at Sophie Maylan and at the Sparkle Coach. And then also with my fiance, we're at Mr. and Mrs. Yorkshire. So you can follow us on whatever. And it'd be nice to chat to people. I just love chatting. And anyone who's going to put themselves out there like you do for good causes, we're right behind you. Perfect. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you for listening. You're amazing as always. Um, as you can see, a link up there if you can't listen on audio. Um, you can support this podcast and help grow it. Um, as a small creator, it's, it's much appreciated by going to www.patreon.com slash thekindeststrongman. Um, and again, you can follow me on The Kindest Strongman as well. So from myself, I'm from Sophie. I am still here, if you can't she's see me. But she's just got a dark screen. Yeah. Everyone.